Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my Crunch Berries. I think you mean my Crunch Berries. Choose your own Crunch Venture with Captain Crunch. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I enjoy hearing you every morning. Your mom is so fat, when she wears heels, she strikes oil. (laughs) (laughs) Them hogs, man. Them hogs can't do no wrong, fella. Have you ever slapped a bag, Tommy? It's time for Dodger If you've been listening to our show when we get rolling at 6 a.m., you've been noticing we've been doing a countdown till Arkansas football season. We are 31 days out, technically a month away from when Arkansas takes on Cincinnati. But we have more of a somber tone to start off the show this morning as Vin Scully is no longer with us, the longtime Dodgers broadcaster who has just had such an impact on not just the sport of baseball, Tommy, but as a broadcaster in general. The greatest to ever speak into a microphone at a sporting event was Vin Scully, and maybe one of the greatest to ever speak into a microphone, period. Uh, it seems like Vin Scully was there from the maybe the invention of the medium, from, from the time <laughs> that radio became into existence, television came into existence. He's He's been there every moment for, for TV until his retirement just a few years ago and long considered the greatest to ever do this. I mean, we were we were privileged in this part of the country to have Jack Buck in our homes many nights on the radio, whether you're listening on KMOX or one of the local affiliates. The connection that so many in our audience made with Jack Buck is much the same probably uh, for so many that are west of the Rockies and in the western part of our country or Dodger fans across the country that are probably truly and deeply saddened. I mean, we didn't watch a lot of Dodger baseball probably around here. I bet you didn't as a kid. But when he was on for the World Series or he was on for a big NFL game on CBS or he was doing the National Game of the Week, uh, it was always a treat when Vin Scully was broadcasting the game. And you probably I, – I probably didn't appreciate that as much as a kid. But, man, you look back and particularly being in this business – there are so many moments and so many highlights. And that, that's the thing that strikes me, Ty, is seemingly every historic moment he was there for. And I used to think Vern Lundquist was the guy that just always seemed to be there at the at the right time in the big moment. Vin Scully, when you you know look over the decades and the impact of the moments that he was able to describe and frame... Uh, it's pretty astounding to just look at the list as we're going to to relive some of those throughout the show of what he was there for. Well, here's the deal. The term legend or goat 
is used far too often nowadays. We're really quick to say, oh, he or she might be the greatest ever. There's really few people in our lives that have had such an incredible impact that we've never even come into contact with. Well, Scully's in that category. Even if you're not a Dodgers fan, as Tommy just referred to, you know the name and you respect the name Vin Scully. He's the broils of broadcasting, if you will. If you want to throw Paul Ills in there, that's fine with me. But when you have a loss like this, an icon following losing the greatest winner in the history of sports in Bill Russell, it's just been a brutal week for sports fans in the last week or so. And the old adage is they come in threes, so you kind of look it over the shoulder because uh, two I mean, two legends, like you said, have, have passed away within just a few days of each other. But uh, I remember as a, as a teenager and a kid in the late 80s, around night, we were... Me and my brother were big Oakland A's fans. We loved the Bash Brothers and Conseco and McGuire and Dennis Eckersley with that mustache and long hair and uh, remembering the moment when, I mean, Jack Buck and Vin Scully both had a call on on Gibson's home run. And I just remember as a kid being crushed in that moment. And now we listen back and, you know, high fly ball, she is gone. But then, you know, it, what was that? A season of improbables, the, the impossible has happened. I'm, I'm getting probably a few of the words mixed up. But, I mean, I listened to that this morning because I woke up to this news. I, I'd already went to bed when the news started to break in the 10 o'clock hour. You just think about some of these things and you listen back to them and they just give you goosebumps. And I remember that moment as a as a teenager, young teenager, just being devastated when that ball left the yard at, at Dodger Stadium. And uh, I'm sure for others that are maybe a little bit older, you know, Montana to Clark, Cowboys fans, you know, uh, similar uh, emotions. You know, you, you, you I listened back this morning to his call of of Hank Aaron's seven fifteenth, and and the impact, and he perfectly framed it with, you know, what it meant in the South for an African-American man to, to take down Babe Ruth's home run record and the greetings he was getting at home plate. And, you know, he, he was able to weave it. No one could tell the story. And then the side story better than Vince Scully inside a broadcast. He, he was a master at it. I remember when my teacher in high school was telling me when Ronald Reagan passed away, it was like a piece of the country had died and I think for every sports fan listening right now it is almost like a piece of yourself is has withered away to a certain degree because of what he meant to not just baseball but sports itself got a text from Shane and Alma he said I grew up listening to Vin on the radio before we moved to Arkansas in 1970 he is the best. And now more of his calls are easily accessible they're easy to listen to like you're talking about this morning, but just the the way that he was able to do it for 67 years with the Dodgers. He goes from Brooklyn to Los Angeles. You think about that organization and the different players, the different games, and he was a part of virtually all of it. That's what is incredible to me is you often had of a change in regime change in time and you switch it up but I mean you think about when he started to when he ended and his retirement which was as big of a deal as I remember and of any broadcaster retiring it's just it it, it reached the level 
to a sports actual player retirement. I remember when it was a big deal for mm-hmm. Julius Irving, who was walking around each NBA venue in a rocking chair, as was Larry Bird when even Magic Johnson wore a Boston Celtics shirt on his retirement light night in the forum when they were doing that year. That's kind of what Vin Scully's reached, the fact that, again, this is a broadcaster. This is not a player. Most of the time, the player outdoes the broadcaster, but in Scully's case, it wasn't like that. And there'll never be another one like that because of the diversity of the mediums that we can consume games on now, with your phone, the TV, the radio, um, you know, when we grew up, when I grew up as a kid, and Chuck will be here later, I can't wait to hear some of his thoughts and memories. Um, you know, there there was four or five channels on the TV, and you turn them, and it clicked when you go boom. When you turn the TV, go boom. You know, radio was much the same way. There was just a few options of what you were going to watch, and then there was only one announcer. Now we're growing up a day where the game may maybe broadcast in four or five different mediums with two or three different announcers. Red zone and all this all, other yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's so many ways to consume sports that I don't believe the connection from the fan base and the audience to the people that describe the action or, or what it was when Vin Scully affected not just a generation, which is hard enough to do in any business. You think about all of the generations he had an impact on. I mean, it just it's hard for me to fathom you know, going back as, as far as we did. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Now he does a tightrope act. Boy, Houdini's in the house. We're number three. And nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! Holy Hogs! It's a bad news Kind of is a crummy start to the day. And you think about days after the passing of legendary icon Bill Russell, we had to wake up to the news about Vin Scully this morning. I think it's really difficult, guys, as we welcome in Chuck Barrett to the show to form connections with our audience today because of the diversity, Tommy, of media and outlets. But those guys, I mean, he's in that Jack Buck kind of category. Yeah, we were talking, uh, as we welcome Chuck in, we were talking about Walter Cronkite, you know, maybe the, the last of the great TV newsmen that, that really, um, you know, kind of seamlessly went through, you know, he was America's newscaster. He's America's newsman. And just the connections people make. Vince Scully is the last. He's one of one, in my opinion, and the last of his kind. No one will ever have the impact, Chuck, I believe, in my opinion, that Vince Scully had on his audience. Well, you know, he was part of... Um you know, the golden age of radio, uh, our business's greatest generation. I mean, it's the generation that gave us Vin Scully, it gave us Harry Carey, uh, gave us Jack Buck, uh, on a local level, gave us Paul Eels. Um, that generation, uh, because of just the time and the era in which these guys arrived, 
um, they were in a spot where, you know, they became the heart and soul of the fan base in, in, in many respects. I always viewed Vin Scully as kind of the Paul Harvey of sportscasters. If you could draw an analogy, mm-hmm. and Paul Harvey was of that generation too. In yep. fact, he was probably the foremost broadcaster of that generation. And I always thought Vin Scully was baseball's version of Paul Harvey. No better storyteller than Vince And, uh, um, you know, his style um, endeared him to so many people because he could weave a tale. You know, he, he, he knew how to weave a tale. You don't just know the story. You got to be able to tell it. And you got to be able to weave it. And he was, um, he was certainly able to do that. You know, in our part of the country, we were raised on Jack Buck. Um, he's the one that had the most influence on me by far. For a portion of our country, uh, from a radio perspective, uh, Vin Scully was the guy. Vin Scully and Jack Buck and Harry Carey were the first of that generation that transitioned into television. And Vin Scully was the most successful at that because, frankly, he was the most photogenic. (laughs) He was the most handsome man. And uh, so he made the transition into television. And for really two or three generations now, they know Vin Scully as a television broadcaster. Um, But, you know, he was, um, again, just a product of our business's greatest generation. And uh, he was, uh, for a lot of people, the embodiment of what you hoped that a celebrity would be when you met him. He never disappointed. And for all of us that have done this and ever broadcasted a game and done play-by-play, we've all tried to emulate things that that Vin did, and, and we all fell short. But he was one of those guys that you would try to pull a piece of his game into your game and... Um, he was he was a great one to copy from, but we all fell short of the original. I I, I hear Vin Scully and Jim Nance, for example. Um, I I I think he's had an effect certainly on a lot of a lot of broadcasters. I do think though, in our part of the country, and I've I, I've said this before, everything I ever said on a baseball broadcast was just a copy of what I'd heard Jack Buck say. <laughs> That's a good and one too. I think that you know when you grow up listening to someone, and then you go into what we do, and I know that. You know, not everybody goes into what we do, but when you do, um, you know, those are the guys you want to be like. Mm-hmm. And to emulate them to a certain extent, and it's almost an homage when you talk about Well, you know, Ben Scully was from the generation that uh, always wore a suit. He wore a suit to do the games, you know? Maybe about the fifth inning, he'd take his jacket off, but this is back when he was on the radio. Yeah. Chuck wearing a suit and bomb. You don't. Well, (laughs) every time. My point is, is you don't find any of them doing that now. Tuxedo on Sundays. Now, (laughs) you know they cross over and do TV back and forth, so sometimes they got to dress up. But but he had a gentlemanly air to him, and that was a product of the times. That was a product of the times. That generation viewed. If you'll forgive me for sounding like my dad, they viewed ladies and gentlemen as Mm -hmm. the best people. We in our generation, we view people who've made the most money as the best people. And, 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 and it's just a difference in generation. Or who has the most followers. Maybe what? so. Maybe so. That's, yeah, today's no, generation. that's the next generation. That would be, unfortunately, yeah. the, my generation and the generation behind mine. And I, I think what makes these guys so unique, and I know we're talking about Vin in particular, 
you, Tommy was talking about the channel changes before the show when you only had a, a select few channels. Anyone had can, like five on TV yeah. when I was a kid. Anyone can have a podcast nowadays. Anyone can do a live stream nowadays. There's just so much diversity, which is good to a certain extent, but there's less. I'm going to listen to this guy and this guy only. But now let me say this. What's interesting about all that is when there were only four or five channels, Ben Scully was not on TV. Kirk Gowdy was the voice of Major League Baseball back then, and Tony Kubek was his color announcer. People remember, obviously, you know, the Gibson home run, even though it was Jack Buck who said, I can't believe what I just saw. Um, but, but when baseball as a sport began to appear on more television channels, Harry Carey to WGN, for example, Ben Scully made the transfer into Dodger TV, for lack of a better way to put it, before he ever got picked up by NBC. So those guys benefited from that. But if you really think about it, back in the day when there were only four or five, um, he wasn't on. But, you know, you're, what, 27 years old, and you're talking about Vin Scully. He just died at 94, so that kind of tells well, you that he stood the test of time. Yeah. That's the hard thing for me to, to even comprehend is he was with the Dodgers when they were in Brooklyn. None of us are old enough to remember. I mean, we know the history of the Brooklyn Dodgers, but none of us were alive when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers. I, I can remember. I mean, he was there. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that just seems... It just seems impossible. I can't comprehend that. He was one of those guys, though, that, you know, you were talking earlier in the show about, you know, everybody's got a memory. Um, I went to see a buddy of mine out in Phoenix in the late 80s. I mean, I was like 25, 26 years old. I remember it specifically, driving down from Flagstaff to Phoenix. Anybody that's ever made that drive knows that I mean, you're going from way up here to way down there. And the Dodgers were playing that night, and I was listening to the Dodgers play on the radio out of, out of a Phoenix station I'd never heard Vin Scully do a game on the radio. I'd seen him on TV, but I'd never heard him do, and I'm not talking about the highlights. I'm talking about the downtime. Yeah. I'm talking about from the first inning to the ninth inning. Always had in his contract. He worked alone. Never had a color man on the radio. It was always in his contract. So he had some showman in it. I mean, he knew how to present the deal. Yeah. And very few presented it better. Maybe no one. Yeah, I mean, it was... Um... The way he colored out to the lines, the way he was able to weave the story into the play-by-play, it, it was a master class. Well, and that's what he, that's why he didn't want a color man. He didn't want anybody getting in his way of his story. I remember, you remember watching the Skins game? Be like the day after Thanksgiving, and, and this oh, yeah. was back when they'd have like oh, yeah. Lee Trevino, yeah. Jack Nicholas. Uh, I don't know if Palmer was on there, but it, you know, it'd be uh, like Ray Floyd. I mean, we're talking in the 80s, mid-80s. I mean, the, the, the giants of the game were playing. And it was always in Hawaii. Yeah. And Vin Scully would do it. And he, and he did have an analyst on there with it. But I remember him. They were coming back from break. And he went into this 45-second, one-minute, just unscripted soliloquy, if you will, about Hawaii and the flowers and the sunrises and, and, and his... his Whoever I don't even remember who was with him. He just said, "All you folks out there listening, I got to tell you, 
There's no script on that. Oh, Vince well, Scully just did that off the top of his head, and it was like he had written a poem about Hawaii as he's coming back from break. It was his rejoin. Well, that generation, part of what made him the greatest generation is they were, without question, our most literate generation. Well, because they read. There was no TV they read, where they grew up. They, they, yeah. they, they, they knew how to write. They had a mastery of the language. And, um, you know, that, that has become, there's just less emphasis on that now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm amazed as I look, and we're going to play some of these. But it's a, you got Montana to Clark, you got the ball got by Buckner, which we played earlier. Uh, you got Gibson's home run. All all of these bigger moments that are the highlights. You know, we got a lot of Cowboys fans listening. They all end in heartbreak for somebody. Generally, <laughs> I mean, there's one team that's uh, that's hit the mountaintop and it's jubilation, and Tommy Lasorda's running out of the dugout, kind of like Jim Valvano, just looking for someone to hug. But uh, for the for for the other side of the fan base, and I was an Oakland A's fan as a kid, so we loved the Bash Brothers, and I remember that moment when Gibson hit that home run, and I was, I mean, I didn't appreciate nor understand the the uh, the weight of the moment with Vince Scully's call or Jack Buck's call because they both had one. I just remember being heartbroken when that ball left the yard, and the, and Gibson could barely get around the bases. Well, it's it's and and from his standpoint, it's the ability to capture the moment in a moment. I mean, in with a few mill- words, with in, few words, in a millisecond, yeah. and and uh, you know the instincts take over, and um, you know it's a it's a huge loss in our business, and I think for Dodger fans, you know, Cardinal fans remember when Jack Buck died; it was as though the soul of that city died, mm. and. Um, Ben Scully's the same way. No question about it. We're brought to you by the Fence Man this morning. If you need a new fence or gate or any fencing project around your home or business, the Fence Man can do that for you. They are experts when it comes to making your home look better and be more secure and can do the same thing for your business. 782-3936 is their number. at 782-3936. The Fence Man, he ain't afraid of no work. So, Chuck, I'm happy to have you here on a Wednesday because it is a what's your beef. We got a text earlier from J.R. Sheldon and asking about Mozilak and the moves or lack of moves for the Cardinals. I mean, were you disappointed when that trade deadline hit and the Cardinals? Well, you know, disappointed, yeah, not surprised. I mean, it's it's this kind of the M.O. Um, we'll see if these guys, these two left-handers they got are good. You know, this Jordan Montgomery that they got from the Yankees, um, you know, he pitched for South Carolina in the World Series against us in 2012. And um, he was a Really, really good freshman pitcher uh, for South Carolina that year, and I, I've I've kind of followed him, um, you know, as a, as a result of that. And um, he's okay. I mean, he, you know, who knows? Uh, the guy they got from Pittsburgh is going to pitch tomorrow night. Um, look, there, there. I could go on and on and on um, about all the 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 moves or lack of moves that Mosellax made. Um, you know. When they traded to Rosarena and Alcantara a few years ago and they became stars, I, I think it haunts him. I, I, I think it affects his every move now. Certain things just haunt you, you know, whatever you do. I think it haunts him. And um, They're not committed to winning the World Series. They're just not. And uh, they've become, in many respects, just another good franchise. Uh, they're not the Yankees or the Dodgers level anymore. They're not even the Astros level. Um, and, and that's disappointing, and um, it's been 10 years of what for Cardinal fans would tell you is mediocrity. Now, I know that that's something that a lot of franchises would, you know, love to love to have is, is you know, where they've been, but uh, they're not committed to winning a world championship. 
Tommy, you got anything making your screen, skin crawl? Has can we kind of open this up a little earlier than we usually do? Well, we touched on uh, just kind of start watch your beef Wednesday before Chuck got in here about Texas A and M and uh, an I Smith's charges just vanishing in the wind. That uh, thank you, Jimmy and Camden. <laughs> and we were talking about that with Jimmy earlier, but and we we talked on this like we had Olin Buchanan on the show, and he said looks like these are all going to go away, and it, it's just. It, to listen to the prosecutor, to, to read his statements and, you know, oh, well, this was just anybody, celebrity, player, or just a regular John Doe off the street, they'd be treated the same way. Get out of here. You think anyone's believing that? You think if Smith was fourth on the depth chart, this would be the outcome? That, that's that's what's grinding my gears this morning is what's going on in College Station. But let's be honest, in any of our college towns, this is the way we would want our star player treated too. <laughs> so. We had something like this pop up for... KJ or someone else of importance. Yeah. I mean, we wanted when 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 McFadden kicked the curb, we wanted to arrest the curb. I mean, we, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. So I mean, we 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 uh, you know we don't need to throw too many stones in glass ha- glass houses around here. Was that prior to the? Because that was a Little Rock Club. Was that prior to the '07 or '06 season? You're gonna have to help me on that, Chuck. You remember? Because I it remember. Was, uh, his next to last season, second okay. season, so second season, oh, wasn't s- it? somewhere in there. So that'd be 06. Years so. run together. Yeah. yeah. That was, uh, I remember. I just remember that news breaking. And I've heard Houston Nutt tell the story about getting the call on, on that. And uh, <laughs> I, that was, I mean, the biggest news story. Um, I remember it, where I was when I heard the news. Yeah. I remember where I was. So It's one of those that just stay with you. I was in Little Rock, and I think I woke up to reading it in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette when the actual paper was a paper back in the day. Yeah. Well, I think when we had DMAC on the show, he... He kind of told his wasn't version it of it. the deal that either one of his friends or his brother was getting picked on or be, and it was something I, I do remember Darren yeah, touching the, on that a little bit. The old guy in me wants to say wrong place at the wrong yeah, time. Yeah, That's why we all say his dads at least. Well, I, let's get rolling. Nothing here. good happens after ten o'clock. Yeah, yeah. My, my my dad said that to me multiple times, <laughs> and I would I would definitely say that's not always the case. There's definitely some fun that happens after that. I, I would say as we get we're thirty one days out, Arkansas has a lot of good things happening for him in the offseason, not only from a national media standpoint, the media, and I don't always care about what the media says, but the players are getting a lot of accolades as we head into this upcoming season. I remember sitting in in this studio three years ago, prior to Chad Morris's second year, just had this sinking feeling in my stomach about Arkansas football that upcoming season. Even with the additions of Nick Starkle and Ben Hicks, I just didn't have a great feeling about that year. I guess my beef is at one point in time, three and four years ago, you almost dreaded the the upcoming season. I know everyone gets excited for Arkansas football every year, but there's just such a stark difference from three years ago today than where it is right now and how you feel about Arkansas football. And you think about the dichotomy of this state and how much football means. It's just nice to have a, a feeling and an edge that they're actually going to fulfill your expectations this year and not not just fail, but fail miserably. When you're like mad about that? I was, I was sitting in here frustrated, remembering, because this was... A year in basically. Yes. And I think I'm just frustrated that that was even a point three years ago. And you guys lived through the Jack Crow days and (laughs) some other crap that Arkansas football and sports has had to go through. I was talking to a 
a listener yesterday that is 70 years old and it's like you're living, you know you're doing sports radio in a golden era of Arkansas sports right now and I kind of thought about it I was like is that a fair assessment of where this athletics department is right now or is that a oh I, I if the, look you go through good times you go through bad times um you know I can remember times when we didn't think it could get any better yeah you know and um then we've been through times when well we didn't think it could get any worse <laughs> Um, it's never as Lou Holtz once said, it's never as good as it seems, never as bad as it seems. It's great right now. I don't, this is just my personal deal. People get into, is this the best? Is this the greatest? Have you ever seen it like this? Well, yeah, I have. I've seen it just like this. Mm -hmm. I've seen it a whole lot worse than this. Um, so you enjoy it when it's happening and you get through it when it's not. That's what makes you a fan. That's what. It's how we mark time. It's how we mark time. If you've lived here, it's grown up here. I mean, it's how you mark time over the course of your life. And um, you ride the wave. When it's good, you enjoy it. When it's bad, you complain. So, that, that's just how it works. So, so, look, it is good right now. And I'm not minimizing that. But I'm saying that it's not going to last forever. Let's enjoy it while it's here. Let's not overanalyze it. Um, let's ride the wave. And when the worm turns, which it always does, um, you know, you bow your head and you get through it. And, sure. and, and that's what you do as a fan, it's what you do as an AD, what you do as a coach, as a player. Um, that's, that's just how it works. For me, a more practical or pragmatic approach, though, is, is, are times good? They're a lot better than they've been. But is this a golden era when you haven't won 10 in a football season in more than 10 years? I mean... To me, golden eras and golden ages are defined with championships. They're defined with, with, with record levels of achievement. I mean, football hasn't gotten back to, to 10 win. What was the last 10-win year, uh, year? 11? I mean, well, yeah, and, and, and look, and to me, it starts and ends with football in, in a lot of ways and how you define what's going on with your athletic department. Well, have we been better in football before than we are now? Yes. Yeah. Have we been better in basketball than we are now? Yes. Have we been better in women's basketball than we are now? Yes. Now, you can say baseball's been, you know, baseball may be as good as it's been right now. But uh, um, it's also had great moments before. So I think part of the deal with football is the reason we enjoy it right now is because it was so bad before. That's exactly right. And we've seen how it can get away. I mean, we've seen what can happen. And in basketball, I think part of the reason we enjoy it so much right now is we – got away from what a lot of people perceived to be our rightful spot in the college basketball hierarchy. And uh, now we're back in that conversation. And that's why people enjoy it so much. But, uh, um, you know, this is a program with a proud tradition. And sometimes when we make what's happening right now sound like the greatest thing that's ever happened, it, I'm not using the word disrespectful, but I think it slights a lot of people who have done a lot of great things before them. Um, we got guys wearing national championship rings. I mean, we got guys wearing the big ring. Mm -hmm. It's great to win those SEC championships. It's great, and, and it's 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 great to win any championship. But we've got a proud history as a program. We've got national champions in our program. So we're in a really good era right now, and we should enjoy every second of it. 
But I, I don't know that I'd go so far as to say we're in the golden era. Maybe for your generation, yeah, yeah. And that's why y'all better enjoy it. Not complain so much and run these guys off here in about five, eight years. Mean tweets and all that right. stuff. We can't have uh, we can't have any of that. I think they have. I think Sam and Eric and neighbors and Dave have thicker th- skin than to worry about some mean tweets. But it uh, it can, just don't care what you think. Yeah, it can it can turn on a, a dime. It's and it's not just Arkansas, the athletics department, but it's it's really any. You have this this great couple of years, and all of a sudden things just go awry, and they, a coach gets let go, or something happens within that said program, and. It's a completely different hey. outlook on it. Hey, when we're all sitting in Atlanta with a chance to win the SEC championship, let's come back and see if we have a different feel about what, what it really means. I mean, I remember sitting there last in 06 and yeah. thinking, now this is big-time college football. And you had a chance to beat Florida that night. We didn't have that feeling a long time. I mean, and, and we know how it ended. You know, we don't need to relive the, the punt, but... But that was, I mean, that's where you want to be. How many people just relive that? Point? Oh, I'm sorry. I but, mean, really, <laughs> how many people in their minds just relive like, that? You didn't need to eat that punt. breakfast biscuit. I did. Anyway. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I just but, but that, you know, but that was a big time moment. No, you're you right. were there. You're, I was there. It was exactly a, right. Those, that's what you're after. That's the golden ring. Yeah. And winning it, too. Chuck, yeah. I was at Cotillion that night. <laughs> Reggie muffed it. And then they said, all right, time to go dance. Did you have your white gloves on? Yeah, we did. I hated that. That is that scarred me. Gel in. in your hair? Do you have product in the hair? I think so. Yeah, I cannot believe What's my. What's the phone. initials you guys use for too much information? TMI. There you go. <laughs> TMI. 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 You imagine him getting etiquette lessons at Cotillion? Yeah, they paid off so well. I told I will never ever make Retention my kids an issue. go through that horrible, horrible instruction that I had for three years. It wasn't bad. It wasn't. It wasn't good enough apparently for one or two. Pops made us go three years. Got the package deal, huh? Yeah. I wanted to blow my head off every look, single and look Saturday where you are night. Now, yeah. What did you learn to dance? Like I lost it all. Retention's gone. It's completely gone. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Guys, it's all about confidence when it's time for sex. Am I right? Sometimes stress, anxiety, or just a bad day can affect your performance and ruin the fun and passion for both of you. But don't worry. BlueChew.com is here to save the day. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Because BlueChew is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. BlueChew tablets are made right here in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo promo code believe at checkout just pay five dollars shipping that's bluechew.com promo code believe b-l-e-a-v 
to receive your first month free. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next with zero carbs. The crowd's into it. They just threw him out of the game. They just threw him out of the game. He's gotten his second technical and he's been thrown out of the ballgame. To our Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at Red River Dodge. Com. We played some great Ben Scully sound bites this morning. We're going to get to him later on, as well as he is past the age of 94 years old. So y'all were talking about the old days a little bit. What you used to look like, you, you're built, you're stocky, you're jacked, you're ripped. I want to ask you, go back to when you were in your 20s, the good old days. Stock. Yeah. We're, we're, we're just going to play it up for the audience. You have your husky. opportunity. Hey, in fact, that, that's what mom husky. always had to find the husky yeah. jeans. That was always hard to yeah. shop for. Yeah. You, you got an oppor- some huskies. You got an opportunity at Arkansas Shame. to be the starting quarterback. Shamed. Go to Sears and get some huskies. I thought y'all were in shape back in the day. Were you not? Uh, no. Not so much. No, I'm talking about fifth grade when you needed jeans oh. this time of year. Go back to school. Double need huskies, yeah, baby. Exactly. I and would. we would go to Sears or J.C. Uh. Penney's to get them. And then the worst is when they had to order them out of the catalog because they didn't have your size. It was shameful. I was I was bigger in fourth or fifth grade. I started losing weight when I was in like uh. I think sixth and seventh grade. Everyone has baby fat. There's nothing to be ashamed. What are you gonna ask? Yeah. Well, I was gonna ask. You got a chance to be the starting quarterback, starting point guard of the Friday night guy at Arkansas. Talking about KJ Jefferson, we'll do that coming up. Which one are you picking? Boy, starting quarterback's hard to beat. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with starting quarterback. QB one is mm-hmm. that easy? Yeah, pretty much. He's, he's the most talked about. I hung out with Quinn Groving. I want to be the quarterback, yeah. man. You're, I mean, that's where you can become a real legend. I mean, you talk about the legends. In any market or any franchise or any school, it, it, it almost always. Well, Charles, Charles Barkley might be the exception at Auburn, but but Cam Newton's still right there in the com. I mean, rarely is the legend of any institution not a quarterback. You know, we've had good Friday night starters. We've had great Friday night starters. Um, you know, nobody's going to talk about them as much as they do the quarterback for the football team. I mean, it's not even close. Basketball doesn't. Nick Smith Jr., you don't think he's going to be up there? And, and I'm just asking. Well, he I don't played know. a game yet, but I mean, you know. If he has the impact that we think he's going to have this Here's year. Here's why Nick he... Smith won't be there. It's because he's going to be one and done. He's going to be such a great player. And we're already seeing player of the year with USA Today. Nick is, you know, unless something tragic happens, he's going to be in the NBA next year. To be a legend, you need at least two. And and usually three and you know Corliss had three years. You, all the you gotta have some staying power. You have some time well, to make that connection with your fan base. The question is: Would you rather be the starting quarterback or the Friday night starter? The quarterback. I, I mean, you even for the non-legends, mm-hmm. the quarterback. It's the I quarterback. mean, it's easy. QB one, absolutely easy peasy. I'd probably say that too, even though I. I am a huge basketball fan. I would probably say that. Well, your quarterback one, he's getting some praise and some accolades heading into this year. There's a really great video of this young man, and the coach 
I'll make sure I get this right. Coach Alexander coaches at Hyde Park High School in Texas. Well, here is his son on why he likes K.J. Jefferson so okay, much. So I'm, I'm sitting here and heard Junior say something, and I'm, I'm going to have to have him repeat it for, for everybody to hear. What did you say? K.J. Jefferson. Who is K.J. Jefferson? He's in Arkansas, and he's the best football player in the world. He can beat, the, the, uh, Miz- he can beat Missouri and... And Penn State and Alabama and all and all of the football teams in the whole wide world. KJ Jefferson is the best football team in the world. I wish I can meet him. Hopefully, KJ does get to to meet <laughs> him cute. at some point. Though, but I thought that was a, a pretty cute video. That and maybe that coach has an Arkansas connection, or maybe that young man just was like been watching Arkansas and he kind of lost. Maybe that kid will be a good player someday. Yeah, yeah, let's hope. Let's hope that's a that's a something that happens at some point. Yeah, I mean, you that kid's clearly raised right, watching the right games, but uh, you wonder, a kid that age, and how old did you know how old He looked like he been, was less than 10. Yeah, well, I was going to say less than 5 <laughs> is what it sounded like, but uh, uh, to make that kind of connection. I mean, and, and, and you were asking, do you want to be the star? That's star player treatment right there. When four-year-olds know your name, that that's that's the star treatment right there. Um, it's hard to it's hard to take that. So you all do you want to go back to Scully? Do you want to talk more well, about your B? Sam Pippen's going to talk to the media today, and I, this isn't the start of camp. It doesn't start till Friday, but you know this is going to be the first time since media days, and really the the only time in a in a while since Coach Pippen's talked to the Arkansas media in 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 total. And I, I think it's going to be interesting what he has to say today. I don't think there's going to be grand revolutions, Chuck. But, um, you know, I think we always got to sit up and pay attention today. There may something, be something that comes out of this that, that's noteworthy. Well, I think the thing that, you know, you sense when you hear him talk, when you hear the other players talk, is that they're ready to go. They want to go play. Um and, and that's the way it should be. I mean, everyone's talking about how it, you know, has a chance to be a great season. A lot of people here are. Um, you know, and then there are others who, you know, don't think it's going to be quite as good as maybe we do. And I just think, you know, you're going to hear in the tone of his voice that um, he's ready to see what he's got. Um, ready to see these guys out there together. Um, I think he knows this team's going to be pretty good. Yeah. You, and we'll get to a call and just say, you said something there, you know, some think it won't be as good as others. Everyone I talk to that's maybe a little more protective of their prediction, maybe, that, that thinks that maybe it'll be seven or eight versus nine or ten, they never say it's anything to do with coaching staff or players. It's the schedule. They come back to the schedule. Well, well I'm a little worried about that schedule. The schedule's thing always going to be tough. Right. The, 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 the thing that you look at, um, year before last, when they were showing promise, went three and seven, I think, in the COVID year, lost a lot of one possession games. You know, this past year, they won those one possession games. We're going to have one possession games this year. And, um, you know, if you win them, you're going to have a chance to be, you know, in a spot where you play on New Year's Day. You may be in a spot where you're contending for a championship. Um, if you lose those one possession games like you did a couple of years ago, it, it, it's, it's going to be five or six or seven. You mentioned the media and just kind of everyone's opinions. We heard a lot of gab. We heard a lot of this. We heard a lot of that at SEC media days. And not just SEC media days, but you're going to hear and continuously hear it throughout the season. Uh, I think we've got we've gotten some text to this point. We haven't necessarily gotten a ton of calls. Hey, this team is doing this 
this year. So we're going to open up the phones at 877-377-6963 because we are officially one month out from Arkansas football taking on Cincinnati. 31 days. What do you think about that game? What do you think about this season? How do you think it's going to go for Sam Pittman in year three? Let's go to Stuttgart and welcome in Brett. Brett, how is Arkansas football going to do in 2022? Well, I got one thing to say. We'll be, we'll be better than we were three years ago. I could probably because I believe three years ago that was uh, that was uh, Chad Morris's last year, if I'm not, not mistaken. Is that correct? That's correct. We will be better. We w- we will. I'm excited for this first game. I cannot wait to see it to see us play against. Uh, a representative of the of the of the football of the playoffs uh, in Cincinnati. I'm glad that we're not having to play them with Desmond Ritter or uh, Sauce Gardner or any of the other eight players or nine that they got drafted. And I see, I see this team as a uh, nine to ten nine to ten win team. If staying that we stay healthy. Um, you know, health is a major component of any season of any sport, and uh, that's that's my that's my opinion. If we can get some, uh, if we can generate more more pass rush and uh, see what uh, I'm excited to see what Drew Sanders brings mm-hmm. to the uh, defensive side of the ball, and uh, excited to see how Jaden Hazelwood. Does as a uh, wide re- wide receiver and how oh uh, Thompson how he improves from last year. So it, it looks to be an exciting year, and I cannot wait for one month from today. And Chuck, this is bringing back memories of sports rap with you on the radio. That means you're old, Brent. That means you've been around a long time. You hey. You know I have been around a long time. I just want to know, uh, back uh, Shirley Q's not or Dale's not living in your basement anymore, are they? <laughs> you know, I got a text from Dale the other day. That's a true story. I got a text from Dale, and who knows, he may make an appearance someday. I just, Chuck, I just hope you're okay. <laughs> I know you're heartbroken that your Cardinals did not get Juan Soto. Well, I, I got mixed emotions about that. I mean, I don't think that um, getting Soto makes you a World Series contender. I think they got a lot of, you know, they got deeper problems than that. I think they perhaps missed out on a guy that is the cornerstone of your franchise for 10 years the way Pujols was. Um, that's the reason I think it would have been nice to have gotten a player like that, but um, I don't think if they'd gotten Soto, they would have been a World Series contender. Um, they, they, their, their, their issues go a lot deeper than that. Hey, I got one more question for you. Has, has Eddie from Clarksville called to welcome you to the morning? Or to <laughs> yeah, the morning was the first one, I think. Yeah, his first one, I think, Brent. So he brought it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> question: the, the big question is, will Fuzzy be making an appearance? Fuzzy sent me a text too. Well, we need. I don't we're, think. I don't think Fuzzy's been on the radio we're since get you the left. Band back together, man. <laughs> exactly. I don't think I've heard from Fuzzy since since you did the, the show. Yeah. 
Brett said something there amongst the questions that in the references he made to Sports Tap about double-digit wins. That is not out of the realm of possibility with this football team. You mentioned earlier, it's been 10 years, or, 12, or 11 years, excuse me. 2011 is the last time you've had that, which seems in football years, it's like 50 years. That is actually a realistic, I don't know if expected, but it's in your grasp. You can actually foresee this team, Chuck, getting to double-digit wins and not playing just out of their minds, but just playing the expectations this year. Well, you know, 10 wins means you've gone 10-2, and two, which means you've probably gone 6-2 and two in Southeastern Conference play. I mean, we don't need to act like, you know, that just happens all the time, um, that it's a birthright. Um, it, that's really, really difficult to do. You got to get a lot of breaks. Um, you got to, I mean, everything's got to go your way. Um, there have been some really, really, really good teams in our league that have not gone 10 and 2. Now, I don't know if you're counting a bowl win as the 10th win. Um, you certainly claim it as a 10 win season if you, if you win the 10th game in that bowl game. But here's the thing. And, and, um, you better beat Cincinnati. I mean, yeah. pe- people are talking about what's what this season's going to look like. You better beat Cincinnati. I mean, they played in the college football playoff, and because they're not a power five, oh, well, oh we'll beat Cincinnati. They lost everybody, you know. I mean, um, that guy's done a good job up there. He's built, arguably, uh, the best non-power five put- uh, football program in America. And you better win that game because if you don't, all these conversations about 10 wins, w- frankly, the people who've brought it up are going to look like idiots. And, you know, it's 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 going to be a situation where, man, your back's against the wall. If you're going to win 10 ball games, well, you got 11 left. Yeah. And <laughs> you it's know, at you home. better get to yeah. winning. And it's a, it's a, I think it means more it's the opener and it's at home. And I don't know that Cincinnati isn't – I mean, I think there's SEC games that will be less difficult to win than beating Cincinnati. You may Cincinnati. be right. You may very well be I think be a right. game at Missouri, Missouri, even though it's way down the road, may be an easier place, at least today, on paper to go win than beating Cincinnati at home. And it doesn't help that you have to follow up that Cincinnati game with Spencer Rattler in South Carolina who's going to want to make a conference first, opener yeah. the yeah. next week. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it is uh, – you better be ready to rock and roll because your season – and when you're talking about nine or ten wins, you can get that just ruined inside the first two weeks of the season. That, that could be absolutely ruined if uh, you don't take care of your business. And and uh, this is one of those years when you've got to be at, you know, beyond a, a, a first game level, so to speak, well, like Rice if you're going to win a game like I that. I mean, if you don't, well, I mean, because the, the thought will be in all of our minds, well, if we can't beat Cincinnati, how the hell are we going to beat A&M and Alabama? You know, you start having all these, these this this doubt creep in. But the reality is you try you try to get me to nine if you're not leaving Arlington three and one. If you don't play your first four games with three wins, you tell me the path to nine wins without three of the first four. I don't know if you can tell that story. Exactly. So, I mean, to, to Chuck's point, if you don't beat Cincinnati and you don't, and honestly, if you don't beat Cincinnati and South Carolina, you know, the conversation becomes more about seven than it does nine and, quickly. And here's the thing about our league. Here's the thing about where we are as a program right now is that once we get through September, we're going to be saying the same thing about October. 
And once we get past that open date, let's not act like, you know, going to BYU is going to be a no. cakewalk. Um, you know, once you get through September, you're going to talk about the importance of October because that's, it will be important. And when you get to the end of October, you're going to do the same thing about setting yourself up for bowl season. So every game matters. Every game's important. Um, it's not a cliche. It's the truth. And, um, Cincinnati, I personally like playing a game like this. I think it gets everybody's attention. I think everybody's locked in and focused. I think you know exactly what you have to do, and I think you understand exactly what's at stake. Sense of urgency. Brett in Stuttgart gave his kind of expectation of the season. What's yours? 877-377-6963. Let's go to Northwest Arkansas and work. Welcome in Jeremy, who's in Centerton. Jeremy, what is your expectation for Arkansas in 2022? Well, well, gentlemen. First, let me say that um, you know I'm a, I'm a student at the University of Arkansas. I'm a I'm a I'm a co- incoming senior, right? And so it's been up. The opportunity's been available to me and to many of my friends to buy the student pass. To buy, I've never I didn't care. I was like, you know, yeah, it's fine, whatever. I, I can listen to the game. I can watch the game. But this year, I went ahead and bought the student pass. And there's been a lot of people that, that have has that priority has risen dramatically. Not just because of football, but in, but also because of football, and to have access to these games, I'm extremely excited, and I anticipate, uh, you know, this team to come out and to actually just realize the opponents that are facing. You guys talk about the Bearcats out Cincinnati, and they're not easy. Uh, you know, in spite of the the number of draft picks that they had outgoing. But still, I think that this team recognizes the opportunity they have, and they recognize their opponent. They're not going to overestimate or underestimate them. They know who they are, and I think this team has the confidence to go in, you know, at home, knowing and just really, really asserting themselves. And that student section is going to be just amazing. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to say that, that I expect them to, to win uh, you know, Cincinnati and to go three and one, to go into Provo and make make it a you know, a highly competitive not to get the, the, the break speed off themselves and stuff like that. And so I'm expecting them to win easily nine games. I, I do I expect that. You know, I think one of the things he said about the students is important. Um, not just in football but in basketball, baseball. Um, it's gotta be cool. It's gotta be cool. Um, I can remember when, you know, basketball really was at its zenith in the 90s. And um, that was the coolest. I mean, you were no cooler. There was nobody cooler than the guy who was going to the basketball game that night. And uh, um, um, it's made football cool again. I can tell you, I get there early. And, you know, when they open the, the student section and that thing's filled up or close to filled up and there's nobody else anywhere else in the uh, uh, stadium... Um, that speaks to student enthusiasm. If you're going to be good as a program, you're going to be good as a fan base, the students have to be great. And for the students to be involved, it's got to be cool. And uh, uh, guys aren't going to go if they're not girls. Girls aren't going to go if they're not guys. That's how it works in college. If you're not winning, nobody goes. If you're not winning, nobody's going. And so... uh, um, can you imagine Duke without the Cameron crazies? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just I part mean, of the fabric. that's just how it works. Yeah. 
I would venture to say, guys, that's probably the best 100 bucks that Jeremy and Sinnerton will spend this year. <laughs> Maybe of his entire life. Seven home games. That's not including basketball and baseball that he gets an opportunity to go to. That will be probably the best purchase of him in 2022. Especially if the girls show up. Yes, <laughs> they will the, show up. The best investment. Brought to you by APAC Arcola and Standard Materials Group. They need ready-mix drivers in Northwest Arkansas, also in Harrison and Mountain Home. If you have your CDL license without an automatic restriction, you want to be home at night, work with a great company with top pay, great benefits, uh, contribute to your retirement plan, profit sharing, and more. This is the place. Go to jobs.crh.com. Again, that's jobs.crh.com, APAC Arcola, and Standard Materials Group. They're equal opportunity employers. So you mentioned females, which you should, to Jeremy and Sinderton and a good chunk of our audience. We were playing the game that Ruskin and Zach were playing on the show yesterday. She's a 10, but so-and-so. So here's a question for you. She's a 10, but doesn't like or care about Razorback sports. <laughs> what does she drop to, Chuck? A 10. I'm, I don't peace. know. But she does a ten for a reason. You can overlook <laughs> the fact that she doesn't necessarily like sports. She doesn't like Razorbacks. She doesn't care. She doesn't like when you have them on the I television mean, you don't have or to radio. Answer questions. You don't have to talk about it. I mean, you can. Uh, oh, I don't know. I, I, means I, you're going to War Eagle during the yeah, game. Is what well, it means. Yeah. <laughs> she's I mean, scheduling she's going by herself. <laughs> yeah, she's scheduling stuff during the game. Uh, she's maybe. Making, Maybe do a nine, but I mean, ten's a ten now. <laughs> what do you think, Tommy? Does that change? Cody, Cody in uh, Hot Springs says she becomes a three. <laughs> that seems a little dramatic. That Cody's seems... got some high standards. <laughs> Cody must be a really good-looking guy. He's got his pick. I mean, I don't, three I don't to know. five is what all of them are saying instantly on the text machine. I'm, I'm kind of like, tens are hard to come by. <laughs> Eight and a half. But that's, that's y'all's life. Hey, these are... Hey, the older guys. you get, the more you appreciate it. Right. They're not right? a dime a dozen out there. That's the uh, problem. All you guys, all you young guys, think they're all tens. They're all. There's plenty of them out there. I tend to agree with Wynn Fayville, Cody, and Hot Springs, and BE. I mean, that is a well, that's the fabric of our job and our community. The reality can you can you really attain the level? Can you be a five star? Can you truly be a ten without level? You asking hogs? me personally? Yeah. I mean, that should be part of the equation to begin with. I think this is more of a, a looks type of thing in that department. If, if well, I had to guess, I would think that's that's what insinuating when you say someone's a 10. For, for us old guys, does she like football? Does she like the Razorbacks? And does she like to fish? At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Hey, 
Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Ben Scully had a special, special approach to broadcasting to live. Not just the 67 years he spent with the Dodgers organization, but as you heard, the call of the San Francisco 49ers, one of the best touchdowns in playoff history. The At the age of 94 years old, it was his time. Tommy, too many memories to count, and that's definitely one that stands out. Broke the heart of a lot of our... A lot of our listeners, when uh, when when Clark caught that one uh, against the Cowboys, that's iconic uh, NFL moment. We're brought to you by Riley Farm Dental, fifty nine hundred one Riley Park Drive. Doctor Sparkman, Doctor Brogan, make it comfortable for you to go to the dentist. Uh, whether it's braces, implants, cosmetics, regular checkup, they can do it all under one roof. You can find out more at RileyFarmDental.com. That's RileyFarmDental.com or call two two six thirty five hundred. For an appointment, so sad to hear about the news of uh, the, the passing of, of Vin Scully. I think it, it, it's just hard for me to fathom, guys, and comprehend. He was with the Brooklyn Dodgers when they moved the franchise to L.A. Chuck, uh, L.A.'s the second largest metro in our country, and Vin Scully was L.A. He he was able to uh, to be the one thing that everyone in Los Angeles could agree on, and. To capture the entire market like that just tells you about uh, the sincerity of what he did and just the, the connection he made with so many people. Well, I think he had the ability to embody what Dodger fans hoped the Dodgers would be, what you hope every one of your sports heroes will be. I mean, lots of people have met their sports heroes over the years, and maybe they caught him at the wrong time, um, or or maybe the guy's just a jerk. And... and uh, <laughs> You know, it, it, it doesn't meet your level of expectation. Um, he was one of those guys that um, I think embodied what people wanted their franchise to represent. And he was from an era when, um, uh, you know, being a lady or a gentleman really mattered. And um, that generation, and I said this earlier, it, it's our most literate generation, arguably. Certainly a lot more literate than we are. Mm-hmm. He had a mastery of the language. Uh, he had a mastery of the written and the spoken word. And, um, you know, he was one of the very few um, radio guys who made a smooth transition into television. Now, you know, he had the TV look. You know, Harry Carey made the transition despite the fact he didn't. They tried to make Jack Buck into a television guy, and he was just okay. Hall of Famer on the radio, just okay. As a TV guy, but Scully, Scully was the one that was able to make uh, make the transition, and 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 I think that's why um, he'll live forever in the minds of people who never heard him do a game on the radio. Lots of people are talking today about what Vin Scully meant to them. They never heard him do a game on the radio. They they they, they know him from his time on television, and more so. Because he articulated the great moments that they remember as sports fans. Because he retired, what, two seasons ago? Or has it been three now? Something, But he would do the first three games, as a, or first three innings, rather, as a simulcast on radio and TV. Right. And then Charlie Steiner, right. uh, who left ESPN to take that post with the Dodgers, would take over after the third inning. But uh, 
And the why did they do that? Because they knew no one would yeah. listen if they didn't include Vin. Right. And, and that's when people were headed home because the game started a little earlier out there. That was the power of Vin Scully. Hey, we can't have a radio. We're willing to simulcast the TV broadcast for the first three innings to get Vin Scully on because they knew that that's what they had to do to get the audience in the car. Yeah, they 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 actually, and it's a whole different subject, but you're kind of touching on it there. I mean, they they managed the end of his career very well. Mm-hmm. Now, now and baseball he didn't have a lot of drop base, Well, baseball lends itself to yeah. that. Yeah. You can't give a guy the second and the third quarter off in a football game. No. Um, that's why, just to be very candid, you're not going to hear a 90 year old football announcer. You can't give a basketball announcer, you know, the second, you know, we're going to take the first 10 minutes of the second mm-hmm. half off. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring another guy in. Doesn't work that way. Baseball lends itself to that kind of longevity. Yeah. But even at the end. His fastball hadn't lost a lot his last few years. I mean, he was well, still very crisp. He always had command of the language, and he never lost his mental faculties. And 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 that's how these old guys do it. I say these old guys. I'm yeah. I'm you're becoming I, yeah. One. I'm becoming one of them. <laughs> and I, I I don't have the mastery of the language those guys do. At least not the stuff we can say a lot. And uh, those guys really did. I, I mean, he he kept his mastery of the language. Um, he now his phraseology never changed. You didn't hear Vince Scully talk about war. And, uh, uh, you know, all that stuff. And always his, his OPA, you know, he didn't talk about all that yeah, stuff. Back he in my day, guy. Batting yeah. average. He talked about home runs. talked about RBIs. He, 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 he knew how to talk to the common man about the game. Now they all try to prove they're the smartest guy in the room. And they make you feel dumb if you don't understand all those fan graphs. But... Ben Scully was a guy who just understood what people wanted to hear, and, and that's what he gave them. You've, you've done thousands of baseball games. How hard was it to do what he did in weaving the stories in and knowing when to put the story in the right place and then still keep the audience in tune with well, the game? I mean, that, that, he was a master at I it. could go on and on and on about this, and I won't because it bore people to tears. But there are a lot of radio guys now that follow the ESPN TV model when they broadcast a radio or broadcast a game on the radio. Vin Scully understood radio. He knew that radio and television were two entirely different mediums. Um, It was in his contract that he did not have a color guy when he was on the radio. He did on TV. It wasn't his choice there. But on the radio, it was in his contract. He didn't have a color guy because he told the stories that the color guy would normally tell. And he knew that he could tell him better than any former ball player. And I say that with respect to former ball players. The former ball player is a TV model that radio began to copy. And uh, um, Vin Scully did not want that. He knew that he could do it better than anybody else out there. Most play-by-play guys now, they don't know the game well enough to to do double duty, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Vin Scully never pretended that he was a baseball manager. He never tried to second-guess Walter Austin or Tommy Lasorda or any of those other guys. He spent his alternate time weaving tales, telling stories, the same stories any color analyst would tell. He just knew he could do it better than they could. And he did. So when it comes to doing games solo, which you've done before, then you've had Keith and Quinn and Z. Two different sports, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, Totally different deals. Totally different deals. Is it that much easier to do it baseball solo than it is basketball and football? 
Well, they're totally di- two totally different things. You don't ever do baseball and basketball solo. That doesn't happen. Um, um, the only time you hear guys doing solo is baseball. If you're good, yeah, I mean, there's, 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 uh, um, you know, it's just preference. It's just preference. But, but comparing a baseball broadcast to a football broadcast, you can't. You can't compare broadcasting a football game to a basketball game. You can't. They're just all different deals. Now they have the basic same fundamentals, but they're totally different deals. So if you look at a broadcast from football and basketball to compare to Scully, is that a Keith Jackson or is there's just not a comparison? There is no comparison. There is no comparison. Um, Vin, Vin, Vin Scully, this is about the third time I've said this today, I mean, he was the Paul Harvey. Baseball's pace lends itself to that. You can't tell a story during a football or a basketball broadcast. Or the you'll rest miss, of the story. You'll miss yeah. five plays. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, and every television and or every basketball and football broadcast is, you know, they're all chock full of ads. Guys like Tommy are out there selling live reads <laughs> that you got to spend 20 yeah. seconds talking about how much you love something when the game's going on down there. And uh, baseball is the only sport that lends itself from its natural pace to allow you to do that and make it sound like you're not missing a beat. the the uh, But they're two and three totally different deals. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so sad to hear Vince Scully uh, no longer with us. And I know for, for Dodger fans, just for baseball fans, uh, we can all kind of relive some of those moments uh, on the Internet. That's a good thing about the Internet. They're all there. They're not, they're not going away. So you can educate your kids who don't know anything about Vince Scully about it on YouTube or somewhere. Hey, if you're building a home, it's a stressful time. Remodeling a home. I know you've remodeled a home recently. That is not a not an easy chore. Sometimes the contractor and the homeowners get at odds. I don't care which side you're on. Sometimes you need a lawyer to help you straighten it out. That's where Kevin Hickey and Brad Hull can uh, represent you and do it aggressively from your corner. Kevin's available and Brad's available in Fort Smith or in Northwest Arkansas, 434-2414 in the River Valley. 802-6560 is the number in Northwest Arkansas. You're likely driving right now or you don't have a pen to write that down. Go to KevinHickeyLaw.com. Those numbers are right there. You can get all the details. Also, check out their podcast at the HitThatLine.com podcast network. Coffee with Counsel. A lot of great topics there as well. You'll find that at the Hit That Line podcast network. Chuck, we got a text on Monday from Reverend Honest that actually compared you. With Vince Gold, and this is prior to his passing, so I kind of found that uh, interesting. That we no comparison in. there. I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, no comparison. But he wanted me to to pass that along to you. So you you guys are both talking about the masterful ability of Vince Scully's storytelling and kind of the dynamics of radio over the years. People used to gather around, listen. I think about the fireside chats. Yeah, that would have been FDR, correct? Right. That was during World War. Two. Two. Where did that and, come from? Ty well, talking about a fireside I, chat with he, FDR. He, I can't even believe he knew FDR was I, a president. Well, he did have to ask the, uh, uh, the, the which war it was. Yeah, did you I, Google that? No. I had that. <laughs> when you guys were talking about it, I just kind of patiently listened. I'm and sorry. I, go ahead. I was waiting to, to rip it on air, but there's a, just a different time, a different level and dynamic of how people listen. So we're going to, to a certain extent, gather people around just for a sec. Chuck, what is the story of this football team? This year, the story? the story. What is the story? If you're looking at this off season, we're looking ahead. We're a month out from Arkansas taking on Cincinnati two thirty inside of Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. What is the story for of Sam Pittman and this football team this year? Oh, I think it starts with 
you know, they have restored belief, and that's a slogan that they're going to use, but I, I think that's exactly what's happened, and, and, and I think that's that's been the overriding storyline uh, the past couple of years. Um, I go back to his first win, I mean, when they won at Mississippi State. Um, you know, to me, that was, you know, that was a monumental win because it, it showed us that we were headed in the right direction, and I think they've they built on that ever since that win happened. And um, I think that people are proud of their football team again. Um, you know, when they go on vacation in the summer, um, they put on their Razorback T-shirt. You didn't see a lot of guys down there around Destin wearing Razorback football T-shirts when Chad Morris was the coach. Um, I think the, the belief and the pride has been restored. I think that's the storyline for our program over the last couple of years. Now, um, let's be honest. In the final analysis, they're all selling hope. I mean, that's the business of college athletics is we're going to sell some hope. And um, But I think Razorback fans have that now. And, and, and I think that, you know, that has been restored. And, you know, you got to keep winning games. And the more you win, the more people, you know, will criticize you when you don't. And the more you win, the more people are going to want even more than that. And that's just how the game works. But um, uh, I just think the fact that people are proud of their football program again. When they travel, they're proud to put that logo on again. And I, th- I, th- I think that's really important. You're pretty customary wearing that Razorback polo. Tommy, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I didn't stop wearing Arkansas stuff when I'd go outside of the state. Now, there would be snickers. There would be laughs or the occasional what is that. But I think there's more... Like Chuck said, you're there, there's more people now that are willing to do that. When you would leave town, leave the state, did you change your appearance? No. Did you change your opinion? Well, I, I can't wear this because we just went two and ten this year. No, but the conversations on the beach at Gulf Shores are different. The conversations yeah. in a restaurant when you're in Dallas are are a little bit different, and and the conversations not just there in Fayetteville or Little Rock are different because we would gather together as fans a few years ago and loathe together (laughs) and talk about our sorrows and now the conversations amongst our own have evolved into what you were talking about, pride is restored, toughness has been restored, now it's not a conversation we quickly and gladfully move on from, we're we're glad to linger a little while and kind of gather together and have this conversation. You know, back in the 90s, we had a national championship T-shirt for every day of the week. Yeah. I mean, when you went on vacation back in the 90s. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you wore your national championship T-shirt. You, you took four or five of them with yeah. you. So you'd have one for every day of the week. Just hoping somebody would come up asking uh, about yeah. it. Just hoping. Yeah. And, um, you know, <laughs> you stopped doing that for a while. It's nice to be able to do it again. I yeah. bought something just to put that in perspective. I wasn't. I guess I was a figment in my parents' imagination at that point, not even in my mom's stomach. But I have, I think, two, maybe three national championship T-shirts just because we it's call fun to, retro now. Yeah, so. just because it's fun to Throwbacks. wear. At some point, it would be nice to be a part of and see a national championship in person in football, <laughs> basketball, or baseball. But I think even nowadays, kids my age will buy the old stuff because that that, that was the good old days. Well, you, you know, everyone, you know, you hear that phrase a lot. I'd like to see him do this before I die. Um, or I, I, I'd like to see one in my lifetime. It's not a birthright. I mean, it's not a birthright. And so when it happens, 
that is what makes it so special. I can remember when all that stuff was going on in the 90s. And, um, gosh, five years later, it was uh, it was blown up. Yeah. So, um, you know, things can turn in a hurry. And I hope it happens for uh, for every generation. But, but the odds of that being the case are slim. And that's why when it does happen, you want to... Want to enjoy it forever. The quiet part we don't like to talk about is the fear we all have in our head that this is the mountaintop. The Elite Eight's the mountaintop. Just getting to the College World Series is the mountaintop. Winning nine by beating Penn State in a bowl, you know, that might be as good as it ever is. That's the quiet part we all fear in our minds is, I hope this isn't all there is, you know. See, I don't think about that. Maybe I, you know, maybe I once did. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think about it like that anymore. I, I, I think that, you know, I look at it from the standpoint of when I was growing up. I mean, we never played Alabama. Might play them in the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, you played Georgia sometimes in a bowl game. The only time you you really felt like you were on a big stage was when you played Texas. You know. They've tried to make it sound like we got this old rivalry with Texas A&M, but we really didn't. Um, Texas was the big game of the year. and and Always. You know, now you look at that schedule and, and who you play, it, it's like you're on the biggest stage every week. And and so and that's what Orville told Clay when they announced going in the league that uh, it's going to be like playing Texas every week. And, and, right. And, and, it, and it has been. And, and so I enjoy being on that stage. I don't believe the Elite Eight is going to be as far as they get. I mean, they won it all as a member of the SEC. Um, I don't believe that pop-up in Omaha is going to be the defining moment of the Dave Van Horn era. I don't believe that for a moment. I think I still believe he's going to win a national championship. I still believe that. Um, they're going to be championships in other sports, too. Uh, but, but you know, um, I know there are people that wonder if this is as good as it's going to get. And maybe it is. But let's be honest. Pretty good right now. Yeah. I mean, Ty's asking if this is the golden age. So if this is good, as, it is as good as it gets, and I don't think it will be. But if it is, it's still pretty good. Yeah. I, for you, reference my generation. I would definitely say it is for mine. But to your point, I would hope that there's more on the horizon. You always have to have that glass half full, glass half empty approach. Oh. In this paranoia situation. and fear are amongst us. Yeah, all. <laughs> and it's and I think you always date it back to '69. That Texas game. What would this football program? What would this team look like? If they had won that game. Well, see, see, well, but but here's the thing, Ty. It's it's in my generation. I didn't go into every year, man. I hope Arkansas can win the national championship during the course of my lifetime. All the focus on the national championship is the product of ESPN, then the BCS, now the college football playoff. It's as though if you're not in the playoff or you're not winning a natty, as people call it now, you're not really legit. Yeah, um, That's ridiculous. Uh, but it's a generational thing. It's an all-or-none world. In my generation, um, hey, if you told me, of course they played 11 games back back, back then, if when they won, you know, when they went eight and three, I didn't go to school mad because they didn't win nine. <laughs> when Ken Atfield lost to TCU in Fayetteville, I didn't go to the car thinking, man, they got to fire that guy. <laughs> Um, we didn't do that. And so I think maybe I'm a little less predisposed to thinking, you know, national title or bust than maybe some are. I did not grow up thinking, man, 
I just hope they win a national championship in my lifetime. That never crossed my mind when I was in high school, and I was as big a Razorback fan as anybody out there. Um, so I, I, I just think it's different now. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're just more weathered than the rest of us. Well, maybe, maybe so. More seasoned. More seasoned. Maybe so. More salty I, at this point. I, I don't know. Get uh, off my yard. Get out of my yard, boys. Uh, hey, uh, my lawn. <laughs> Bud Light Next is available nationwide today, anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Lefoot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my Crunch Berries. I think you mean my Crunch Berries. Choose your own Crunch Venture with Captain Crunch. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.